0: Hey everyone, welcome to Schoolhouse, where we believe every parent has what it takes to help their child learn. We're here to give you practical tips and encouragement so you can be a confident learning coach. This is the space where school and house meet. I'm your co host, Mary Stackhouse, and I'm joined by our host, Dr. Erica Carr. And today we're addressing a parent comment and feeling that's become extra popular recently, which is, it's all great until I'm on a call. Erica, can you relate to this feeling?
1: Oh man, can I ever. Getting on a call is like the bat signal for pick me up or I'm going to have a cry fest right now. Right? Well, the good news is you're not alone. We've
0: invited a guest to talk through this source of anxiety for parents and to give us tips on how to keep our cool and make work calls work for us, even when we're all working and learning from
1: home. That's right, Mary. We've invited our colleague, Dee, Dee Tompkins, to give our listeners some advice. Dee, Dee is a member of our Leadership Academy team here at Studer Group and the mother of two boys. She is as calm and collected as they come, and I cannot think of a better parent to help us out with this topic. So welcome to the schoolhouse, Dee. Dee. Thank you
2: so much for having me today, Erica. I'm so excited to be a guest on the podcast. Um, I was actually very flattered when you reached out to me because Some days I feel like I do it right and some days I feel like I got it all wrong. But every day is a learning experience for me as I work from home with my two boys in remote school. So super excited to talk about it with you.
1: I am too and I can only imagine um, some of the things that you have learned and probably relearned even um, in the last year and last few months especially. So let's start with you describing your early experience with having your two boys learning from home and you working from home. So paint that picture for us of the first few weeks of that.
2: It was definitely a learning experience. Um, You know, all of us were thrown off with the COVID um, pandemic coming into play. And so I was actually fortunate to be able to work remotely because I know everyone doesn't have that option. So I definitely don't take that for granted. Um, So working from home and then the boys went to remote school. Um, So luckily, I was able to be home with them. But it, it was definitely an adjustment. You know, it's not in line with what they do now because it's very structured now but when it first happened i think teachers were still trying to figure it out as well so there were a lot of opportunities for improvement so we were trying to figure out where mom would work versus where they would work um you know setting up their space to be a conducive learning environment and then having them realize too that mommy's at work although mommy's at home and accessible mommy's still at work so we have to plan for that as well so definitely lots of things. And we had to tweak a few things to make it right. But I would say this fall has been a different experience for sure than the spring when it first happened. But we got through it and it worked. And we're definitely on a different platform now and working well.
1: That's really great. And I love what you said about them figuring out mommy is home, but she's also at work. So what was that? Tell us how you even help them to understand I guess, you know, I guess the best word for it is those boundaries and really just understanding that you have a job to do, even though you are home. Yes, they can see you. But, you know, what did you say to them or how did you get on the same page with them even about that situation?
2: Absolutely. So, you know, at first I had a little guilty conscience, Erica, because I have an office set up in my home. So I actually have a physical office. But again, I had a guilty conscience because my door was closed and I felt like I was closing them off for most of the day. So I had to work through that, you know, on a personal level to say, you know, am I being a good mom? Am I having my kids raise themselves? What am I doing? How can I be better at this? But I had to kind of step back to say, you know, what do I need to do to be present for them to know that I am still engaged with their learning process, but also have those boundaries that, you know, mommy's at work. So they know now when mommy's door is closed to the office, that means absolutely, please don't come in unless you're dying. <laughs> but, you know, if my door is open, you can definitely come in. And we also have, we've implemented morning huddles. I know it sounds so formal, um, okay. but we talk about it in the mornings where we say, you know, mommy has a video call at eight o'clock. I'll be available after 10, you know, then you'll be able to come in or whenever I'm available, I'll come out to you all to see, you know, what's going on in your world. and it's a little chaotic at times because I have a middle schooler, but I also have one in elementary school. So they have different breaks, different lunch schedules. Everything is different for them. So, you know, I think it's very important that we take those periodic breaks just to let them know, you know, mommy is available while I'm here, but also having those boundaries to say, you know, when that door is closed, mommy absolutely cannot be disturbed at that point.
1: That is so great. Okay. I'm going to go back to something that you said, because I think that is a first amazing tip that um, our listeners can hear. So you said that you implemented morning huddles and I know that's very, that is straight from our working world, right? Like we, our team does (laughs) morning huddles, 30 minutes every day. Um, and And that's been something we've done as a practice since the pandemic hit and we've all gone virtual. So walk us through, what does that look like with your children? Because that is a fantastic strategy.
2: So, Morning huddles, I think, are the most important thing that we do each day. I, I advise my friends who do the same thing or who are in the same position as I am to plan for the week. You know, you have to do what's right for your family and for your kids. But I plan for the week, so over the weekend, I'll plan my week out to say, "This is," you know, "I know I have this many calls. I had know I have these meetings." Um, so we will plan. It's, it's so many improvements that I've had to do, but um, yeah. we get together. I'll write it down, you know, what I have going on. We'll make a schedule. So each morning we get together. One of them starts at 730. So we'll start about 7 o'clock just to say, this is what will be for breakfast. This is what you'll have for lunch. These are the times that mommy has between meetings and breaks. Again, remember, if the door is closed, unless you're dying, <laughs> do not come in. So we definitely go through key points each morning just to make sure they understand. And they're nine and 11. So do they remember everything? No. But do they get the gist of it? Absolutely. So it definitely helps us in our schedule and our flow for the day. Um, Because I think I was going a little crazy for a while, Erica, because, again, with them being on different schedules, I was trying to make breakfast for one at one point then I had to do breakfast again at another point and then do different lunches and, you know, making sure they're dressed. And it was just super chaotic, but those morning huddles definitely make sure we're on the same page and they know what to expect for the day.
1: Man, that is gold. I hope all of our parents are just going to take that and, you know, implement immediately because I can imagine, I mean, you just, the way you describe that movement from chaos to structure that works for you and your family, that was just beautiful. So thank you for that. So In addition to morning huddles, you also mentioned when your door is shut. So let's talk about that because I think that is a huge concern for a lot of parents who are still at home with their kids. And you just reminded the listeners of, you know, unless you're dying, but we know that they're going to still try to like get in that door and you know get your attention so how have you maneuvered that situation what have your been your best tips for when your door is shut and you happen to be interrupted
2: oh it has definitely happened erica as i mentioned before they are 9 and 11 and they are boys so things are going to happen so we have implemented hand signals so whenever they do come in So if I'm on a video call, I ensure that my hand is below the camera. And when they see mommy do a certain hand signal, that means absolutely you cannot come in. But if mommy does like a come here kind of signal, that means like if you have a quick question, I can go on mute and answer your quick question and then go on about your day. Um, But hand signals have worked for us, Erica. I know that sounds crazy, but. It works for us. I mean, maybe the next move, if hand signals stop working, maybe I need to sign to hold up to say, stop, and go back. But for now, the hand signals have been key to letting them know, like, absolutely, mommy cannot be available right now. Now, again, things come up. I was on a very important video call um, just last week, and my youngest came in, and he was shaking his head like, no, like, I have to tell you something, mommy. Like, no, no, I know your door's closed, but I have to get to you. So I excused myself from the call. I was like, guys, I'm so sorry. You know, my youngest son is at my door. I apologize for the inconvenience. I went on mute, turned my camera off. And I looked up and he was like, mom, can this go in the microwave? Erica, I was so upset. I was like, wait, wait, are you kidding me right now? Which I'm glad he did because it couldn't go in the microwave and it shouldn't have gone (laughs) in the microwave. But it's things like that where it's like, do you know the difference between if you're dying and you know can I warm this up <laughs> like don't ever do this so needless <laughs> to say when mommy's door opened I was not a happy camper that day so you know things like that happen but I think people are really understanding for working parents these days um I was on a call with one of my colleagues who's a senior a managing director and she was saying that she learned to stop saying I'm so sorry guys and apologizing to to the to the people she's on the call with versus saying coming back and saying thank you for letting me you know Put yes. My attention to that matter, so you know changing the dialogue and not saying "I'm sorry because you're still a parent, you know that's your priority at the end of the day, so you know versus apologizing, just saying thank you for allowing me to attend to that matter
1: Yeah, I think that's a great tip to um, all of that uh, great story in the use of the microwave i cannot that is hilarious, and I think you know. I can't even imagine somebody should write a book about all of the interesting and funny um, interruptions parents are getting these days when they're they're on work calls. But uh, the way that you've implemented the hand signals, that is a great strategy and tip as well. Um, But then also, I really like your reflection and that insight on how colleagues are understanding and accepting this new normal for all of us. And I've heard that as well um, in terms of the stop apologizing for your kids being with you. Um, Mm -hmm. So that I I just think that's really helpful. And, you know, part of the reason that we're doing this podcast and started it is to relieve uh, parent anxiety and increase their confidence. And what a way to do that to, you know, then to just reframe that thinking and that statement. It's, you don't have to be sorry, but you can certainly say thank you for understanding. So I just, I think that's so great. Okay, so obviously hand signals, um, your morning huddles, taking care of the microwave when needed. <laughs> <laughs> what else, are there any other things that you've done that you feel like have helped you to establish structure to support your work and your the learning for your children?
2: Absolutely. So, Erica, you mentioned earlier, you know, things that we do as a company that we implement kind of in our home lives as well, you know, such as me implementing the morning huddles. You know, I'm trying to raise little leaders. So, you know, we have something within student group here on where we say, you know, don't bring problems, bring solutions. So that's another thing I've asked of my two boys is that, you know, if something is going on, don't bust in my office telling me the problem. Tell me how you think we should fix it as well. So, If you come in because you know your brother is too loud and you can't hear on your call, your team Zoom meeting, then tell me what you think your brother should do. You know, and so my oldest son is really good at it. He'll come in and he'll say, Mom, Dylan is too loud. I can't hear my teacher. And he was like, So I think Dylan should go to his room if he's going to be off mute and he has to read to his class, he should go in his room with his headphones on for the next hour. So he'll bring that solution as well. So Don't just come to me because otherwise, Erica, I would hear it all day long with problems (laughs) coming into my office with issues. So now they know if you're going to come to me with something, you better have a solution as well. So that has helped us to kind of alleviate Mm -hmm. some of the interruptions as well.
1: That You're so right. What a great leadership strategy to be teaching them so early on. Um, I'm curious to know how you taught them that. So, you know, we can say that, bring a solution, but how did they know what a solution looked like? Like, how, well, how did you go about teaching them that whole process?
2: So we talked through that. So, you know, you have to break it down to what they understand at their age. So, I basically told them, you know, if you're going to come to mommy, you know, bringing me an issue, you need to come to mommy to say how you think we should be able to fix it. If you don't have that, then don't come to me. (laughs) So I think that gives them a little hesitance and just running in my office to say something and makes them say, oh, I have to tell mommy something, but I need to have an answer for it as well. Mm -hmm. So just breaking it down to their level of understanding to say, if something's going on, tell mommy how you think. It should be fixed. Now, mommy may not go with that answer, but at least you brought me something for consideration and we'll move forward with that.
1: So, yeah. so it sounds like a it lot of helped. restating. Yeah. And restating like your expectation. Um, I, and I would imagine, tell me if this is right. The first couple of times they came in and didn't have a solution, you probably said, uh, what, what is your solution?
2: <laughs> you know how we do it, Erica. <laughs>
1: like, I hear you. So what do you think we should do about that? I love it. And then it. they have okay. to sit
2: there trying to figure it out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I mean, that, that is modeling and well, and holding them to the expectation. So like you've stated the expectation, but then when they don't actually deliver on that expectation, you restate it and then they have to go back and try again until they get it right. So that's all, all of that is great. Mm-hmm. Um, a great way to just teach those processes that we're trying to get them used to, especially as things are changing. So any other tip for parents who might be struggling with this balance? Yes, I think too, Erica, I have been very fortunate in that my kids'
2: teachers keep them very engaged throughout the day. So ones in fourth grade, ones in sixth grade, and they're literally, it's like they're in school. So they have their break, they have their schedule. Um, So it's not like I have to be super hands-on with them, but they know that I am here and I am available and I know what's going on. Um, But I think it's about the engagement with them as well, to let them know that I'm available. But I also make sure with my work schedule that I have a hard stop for calls. So I'll block time from when I know my last child's out of school, which is at 3 o'clock. So I try not to have calls between 3 and 5. So I know they'll need a little more mommy since they're not in school so they'll need a little more of my time between those two hours versus you know when they're in a structured school day remotely so that's another tip that I would offer is just you know have those blocks have those breaks and definitely have a hard stop of time where you know that you probably need to be a little more available for your kids as well
1: that's a really good point and and going back to you know your first tip of the huddle that's something that you can communicate you know every morning like don't forget you know from three to five I'll be totally available. You don't have to worry about knocking on the door. Uh, So good. I like the fact that you're tying all of that together. You know, it's like, it's the, you've got your school calendar and and schedule that you're following. Mm -hmm. Mommy's got her work calendar and time that she's following. And these are the times that we're available all together. Um, These are the times where you need to remember our hand motions and our signals to each other. You know, I know you said you learned a lot, but it does sound like you have put together some great systems that are working for you and your family. They do, Erica. And you know,
2: nothing is perfect. It's all about process improvement. and I take
1: everything as a learning experience. You know, something
2: didn't go good the day before we learn from it. Let's do a little process improvement to say, how can it be better the next day? So it's like, we're a little team. We have to work together to make this work. I think it's also important, Erica, to ask for help. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes our pride won't let us or we feel like we don't want to bother anyone, but it's so important to ask for help. I know at times, if I have, if I know I'm going to have a full day of meetings or video calls, I'll ask my mom if she can come over and sit with the boys because I absolutely won't be available that day. So, you know, reach out to your network of family or friends who would be more than happy to assist you. I have a colleague who her friend has a more flexible um, work schedule. So she'll come over and pick up the kids and take them to the park or, you know, do something with the kids while mom is on call all day. So utilize those networks to help you as well. The kids will be happy to see other people sometimes too, you know, (laughs) since we're all going through this quarantine, it's good to bring others in as well, you know as safely as possible
1: you're so right in terms of you know you've got a network i think everybody at this point has figured out who their network is throughout this year mm-hmm. and that's what a great learning too um but but you're right being willing to ask them for the help is is very important all right dd Dee Dee, we uh, appreciate you. We are so proud of you for making it work um, for so long. And just thank you so much for being with us on The Schoolhouse.
2: Thanks so much for having me today, Erica. This is fun. And it makes me try, it's making me think of what else can I do better? <laughs> so I'll take from this call, like, what else can I do better to make, you know, life better? easier for me as well as my boys. And, you know, I appreciate parents like you who I have to bounce ideas off
0: of as well. So thank you for having me and thank you for your time. Wow, what a great conversation. So many great ideas for parents here to implement.
1: That's right. I think her tips and the experiences that she shared are gonna help so many parents who are listening.
0: Absolutely. Well guys, if this podcast is helpful to you, we'd sure appreciate hearing your feedback. So please rate this episode and leave us a review. And we also invite you to connect with us. Please email us your question at schoolhouseatstudereducation.com, and it might be featured on a future episode. That's schoolhouse at schoolhouseatstudereducation.com. And parents, we invite you to become a member of our new Parent as Learning Coach site. In addition to our Schoolhouse podcast, members have access to learning coach guides, skill sessions, and weekly tips. So please come check us out at studereducation.com parent dash as dash learning dash coach. Thanks so much for tuning in. And we look forward to having you join us next time at the
1: schoolhouse.